Father, we trust you this morning. Yes, there are times we need more grace to just simply lean on the promises of God. When the outlook on life is bleak, when there are dark clouds that come up in the horizon, Lord, we pray that we as God's people will trust in you as a person and we will trust on your promises, O oh Father. Thank you. Bestow grace this morning that we may trust you more. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let each episode of our lives draw us closer to you and strengthen our ties with you. Praise God. Deepening our trust in you and in your word. We thank you for your word that's going to come forward this morning. We pray that you would speak into our lives. Release your glory, hallelujah, and your power that will make proclamation of your word productive. In Jesus' name, every resistance to the preaching of God's word, every critical spirit, we bind them. Hallelujah. We take victory in the name of Jesus. As we read, they overcame the enemy by the word of the testimony and the blood of the Lamb. So do we. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Praise God. We are going to turn to the scriptures. Acts chapter 26, verse 19. Acts chapter 26, verse 19. Thank you. Today's message is titled, The Higher Vision. The Higher Vision. And the text that we are going to use is from 16 all the way to 19. Praise God. It was in the late 1800s, a clergyman, Bishop Wright, in his discourse with people, he said that it was impossible for man to fly. Flight, he said, that's for angels, not for mortal beings like us. But on December 17, 1903, his oldest son, Wilbur, took his seat in the first power-driven plane ever built and took off in Kitty Hawk, North Carolina for 12 seconds going up as high as 120 feet. Praise God. Everyone who looked at the Wilbur, at the Wright brothers, they said nothing was going to happen. In fact, they all felt that they were not all up there. Now, their own father did not believe that it was possible for man to fly. But today we know as we look back, things are different. Thank God for the Wright brothers who were not discouraged or dissuaded from their own father or the people 
who watch them. At times, you and I should have the strength and the grace to overcome even the so-called critics who are so close to us, and at times, there might be people who love us. But if we have to become overcomers in our lives, we have to become people who are willing to take a chance in life. Praise God. If you want to pursue what God wants to do in and through our lives, we have to become people, number one, who trust God and His Word. Number two, people who are willing to take risk. Number three, people who are willing to put their, li- put their life at sad times, even put their vocations on the line to see the God-given dreams, the God-given visions to be fulfilled in our lives. Apostle Paul has come to the latter part of his ministry. He's standing before King Agrippa and is making the statement, he's saying, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Praise the Lord. O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Now, when you take into consideration the context there and the statement that he is making, Paul is not standing on the Mars hill. Paul is not, is not in a place where there are people applauding him, but rather Paul is a prisoner and he is standing before the rulers and looking back he is saying that, listen, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. When he's making that statement, you and I need to understand as we understand from the book of Acts, Paul has gone through the length. He has gone through sufferings, pressure of every kind in his life, but it has only made him more resolved to press into the purpose of God. Praise God. How God desires that from you and me. That when pressures come upon us, when challenges come upon us, when there are voices around us that are trying to bring our voice down, that we will all the more be resolved to press into the purpose of God. Praise God. Why is it that Paul was able to press on? It was because the vision that God had given to him was etched in his heart. Regardless of his status, regardless of his condition or the environment that he was in, he could not simply erase what God had etched into his spirit. Praise the Lord. Now, mind you, when you look at that verse, we see the source of the vision is given. He is saying, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. In other words, 
Paul is saying this vision that I am talking about is not something that is a, a, a figment of my imagination. He says the source is heaven itself. In other words, God himself. Praise the Lord. Now, when you look into the content of the vision, as you read 16 on, you will understand that vision defined his parameters. It defined his boundaries. It defined his role. It defined his assignments. Praise God. When God instills a vision in us, it defines our role and it defines our boundaries and our parameters. Praise God. Interesting it is, we see Paul's response to the vision. What was Paul's response to the vision? Paul's response to the vision was not just an yes when he saw that vision for the first time. Yes, it was a yes then. Praise God. It was a yes when the brothers did not believe him. It was a yes when the leaders could not trust him. It was a yes when people let him down. It was a yes when he was double-crossed. It was a yes when he was in the prison. It was a yes when he was tortured. It was a yes in the gloomiest moments of his life. Praise God. I want to tell the church and the people of God, praise God, when you say yes to Jesus, you should mean yes. Praise God. When Jesus says yes, it's in yes all the way. And that is what he expects of you and me. When you and I say yes, it has to be all the way. Praise God. Through every season, being obedient to the vision that God had given him. Praise God. Hallelujah. See, it's interesting to note that as you read those particular words, we understand that God wants you and I to be people who follow in the divine design that God has for each and every one of us. Now, we don't want to get this wrong. We need to come to the grips and understanding that every one of us would not have a dramatic vision like the vision that Paul had on the road to, on the gate of Damascus. Praise the Lord. Everybody's, the vision that God gives is unique and it's different. How God imparts is also different. When you read about Nehemiah, Nehemiah, how was the vision imparted to him? The vision that was imparted to Nehemiah, he did not have a dramatic experience where there were lights and where there were angels, where there were sounds all around. But Nehemiah's vision, the Bible says it started with a burden. Praise God. For some people, that's how it starts. It starts with a burden. That burden led him to his prayer room. Praise God. That prayer room became a place where he drenched. Praise God. The, perhaps the floor that he was in with his tears. Praise God. And then he says, it is God who put into my heart. Praise God. 
every one of us has a unique role in the kingdom of God. Praise God. And we need to find our role in the kingdom of God. Praise God. The way God imparted that vision to Paul was not the way it was imparted to James or John or Peter or the other disciples. In the Old Testament, the men and women of God that God used, God imparted his vision in a very unique way. The way it was imparted to Nehemiah was not the way it was imparted to Ezra. The way it was imparted to Ezra was not the way it was imparted to the men of God who came after that or the ones that were before. It was unique in itself. Praise God. You and I are unique and so is the mission that God gives us and so, praise God, is the way that God conveys that to us. Jesus looked at his disciples and said, follow me and I will make you Fishers of men. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. The way that God works for in each and every one of our lives is very unique. Praise God. So we as God's people, we as a church, praise God, we have a vision. What is the vision that God has for this church? Anybody? Thank you. House of prayer for all nations. And so God will do it as we remain faithful to him. Praise God. Yes, God has a custom cut role for you and me that fits, praise God, what God has planned for us that fits our unique personality. But the bottom line that God wants us to know is is that when God does what he wants to do in us, for us, through us, when we cooperate with him, praise God, what ultimately happens is the glory of God is revealed through our lives. God's name is glorified. The kingdom of God is ushered into the lives of people. The kingdom of God is established in the lives of people. The kingdom of God is propelled through our cooperation in the kingdom of God. Praise God. You and I will ask, what does that God, what does Paul's vision has to do with you and me? Praise God. Paul's vision was unique. Peter's vision was unique. For James, the role was unique. John's role was everyone's role is unique. But when we study the scripture, as much as we have a custom cut role in the kingdom of God, you and I have to come to grips and understand we as God's children, we also have a role, praise God, that is that, that all of us are part of it. In other words, praise God, in this kingdom building process, you and I have been given roles that can be the same for each other. In other words, Jesus said, you should go and be my 
witnesses that is not just confined to just the 12 disciples or the disciples that were around him it is a message that transcends time and it is something that is applicable to all of us likewise when you see the vision that paul is talking about there are things in there that we can glean in our lives and make it applicable to us so shall we look into it for a moment number 1 this is what this is jesus speaking to him but rise and stand up upon thy feet for i have appeared unto thee for this purpose to make thee a minister and a witness now it is very important that we understand this we have come to a time when the term minister is being used in an exclusive format yes there is an exclusive meaning to the term minister praise god but when the lord is speaking to paul what is it that he is implying there praise the lord as a minister he was a herald he was a teacher he was a preacher and so on and on and on praise god when you look at that root word minister it is in the in the root word in greek it's given as hupreese rup hupreese what does that mean it simply means being an under rower or an under oarsman so as unique as the role could be we need to come to the grips and understand that we have a role we have a role that is unique at the same time we need to understand as a minister it means we are under rower or an under oarsman praise god what does that mean what does that mean well you know today's ship is driven it's nuclear power driven most of the ships the huge ships that you see they are powered by nuclear power in the olden days you know that there was the the galley or the belly of the ship where where the oarsmen or the rowers sat and they rowed there will be a group of able bodied men and these men they will rowed I need the picture Right thank you Okay this is an under rower we have seen this this is a unique role look at that look at the rower how many of you guys have seen these pictures anybody Okay where have you seen it brother Benhar you've seen it in Benhar what else Come on I know you guys have seen it come on Where else have you seen it you've seen it in Benhar Ramki when he says Benhar it's sometime in the past but even is as recent as lately where have you seen it history textbook you are being kosher thank you history textbook all right how many of you have seen gladiator 
And the church was pin drop silence. Okay. You see this, this, this particular image. You see, these are under rowers or they are under oarsmen. These are the people who powered the ship. So they would work together and they will take the command. And these guys were the reason that the ship would reach the destiny or the destination that it was marked for. Praise God. They had very unique roles. Now, when we look at this picture, these guys were slaves. But when we are talking about the word minister, it is from the Greek word, which means under rower. Or people who are, they are, they have something very unique about these guys. They are unnoticed. They are what? Unnoticed. Nobody sees them. When you are on the higher deck, everything is cool. And you would wonder how in the world this thing is moving. Okay? So they are unnoticed. They are unapplauded. In other words, nobody applauds for them. Nobody applauds for them. They are unnoticed. They are unseen. And they are unapplauded. But... Each one has a unique seating, each one has a unique setting, and each one is positioned in a unique place to bring the ship to its intended destination. Now, mind you, suppose I am one of the rower in that ship, and I am assigned one of those places. Assign me a place, guys. Assign me a place. Huh? Assign me a place in the middle. In the middle. It just disappeared. When you, when you said in the middle, it just disappeared. All right. So if you suppose, if, if I am assigned, as she says, she says, in the middle. So this is the middle. Okay. I'm sitting right here. This is the middle. So I'm assigned here. But as I'm being assigned here, I say, listen, I'm going to sit there. I am willing to row, but I'm going to call the shots. I'm going to tell when I will sit there, how long I will sit there, and when I'm going to row. All right? In other words, the guys who are standing up on the top, if they say, you know what? I don't want to stand and row. I'm going to come down on the lower one because the guys who are seated, they seem to be much more comfortable. I want to be that person. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? Tell me, church. The ship will go in circles. The ship will stall. And in those days, the huge ships, they were warships. They were ships that were taking stuff, commodities, or supplies. And they would not reach the destination on time. In other words... Every one of them had to cooperate to fulfill their role so the ship can reach the destination. Praise the Lord. As a church, God has placed you and me in a unique place. Praise the Lord. Your role is very important. 
Your role is important and your role is based, it's based on the unique ability that God has given you. It is based on the unique strength that God has given you. It is based on what God has deposited within you. Praise God. It is what God has deposited within you. When you and I say, when you and I start making claims, you come to the point where you and I say, I will decide, it's my time, it's my life, it's my strength, it's my ability, it's my talent, I will call the shots. The problem is, these guys were slaves, they had no right. But you and I, we are not slaves. We have rights, so we exercise our rights. But Paul, I want you to draw your attention to Paul. Do you know what Paul calls himself? Huh? He says that I am a bond slave of Jesus Christ. Praise God. In other words, when I said yes to Jesus, my yes meant yes. My yes was not conditional in nature. Praise God. My yes was not conditional. When I said yes to Jesus, it was not conditional. I gave up my right to call the shots. That's why when Paul stood, praise God, before Agrippa, he was a prisoner. He had no resentment in him. He had no bitterness in him. Praise God. He says, O King Agrippa, I pray that you will also be saved like me except these bonds or these chains that I am wearing. Praise God. If ministry, if service have to the Lord has to be unconditional, we have to come to a place where we say to ourselves, Lord, I do not belong to myself. I belong to you. Therefore you have been, praise God, brought with a prize. Glorify God in your body. For you do not belong to yourself, but you belong to him. Praise God. As a minister, God calls you and me to be an under rower. Praise God. Quite often, unnoticed, unseen, and unapplauded. Praise God. But let me tell you something. These guys, their lives ended in the galleys. But my Bible says, my God is not unfaithful. Praise God to forget. Praise God. Forget what? The labor of love that you put towards the service of God. Praise God. I'll come back to that little later. The next term that we use, that we see is witness. Number one, Paul, I'm calling you to be a minister and under rower. When Paul started, he never could have probably imagined that he could have become the number one celebrity in Christendom. Praise God. But let me tell you, our motivation to serving God is not 
how high we will rise. But let me tell you, if you serve faithfully, God can lift you up beyond your imagination. For he is able to do much more than what we ask or imagine. Beyond your asking, beyond your imagination, God is able to do things for you. So regardless who you are, Young man, young lady, a teenager, a boy or a girl in the church. I want to tell you, you have a unique role. Jesus said that I have ordained you so that you will go and bear fruit. Praise God. Fruit that will last. Praise God. Ordained by himself. The next word that Jesus tells him is that I want you to be a witness. Who is a witness? Now, come to the courtroom. What is the job, a role of a witness? What does he do? If you are on the witness stand, can you just tell stories? No. If you are on the witness stand, can you say whatever you feel like saying? No. If you are on a witness stand, can you be biased in saying what you want? No. A witness simply means sharing what that person has seen. No, we have been called to be a witness, not an attorney. What's the difference between a witness and an attorney? What does the attorney do? The attorney, he argues the case. Sometimes we don't want to be a witness. We want to be what? Attorneys. God has not called us to be attorneys. He has called us to be a witness. God has not called us to be a judge. What is the role of a judge? What does he do? Huh? He passes, he gives out the verdict, the sentencing. Sometimes we like that. We want to give out the verdict, boy. Huh? Or some of us like to be a jury. What's the difference between the judge and the jury? Tell my church. What's the difference between the judge and jury? Huh? The jury is not one person. The jury is what? A group of people. We come, we huddle. We are the jurors. We are doing what? We are making decisions. In other words, the life of somebody is on the line and we make decisions. Jesus has called us to not to be an attorney, not to be a judge, not to be a jury, but he has called us to be a Witness. Witness means what you have personally seen, you have to say it. In other words, in your walk with Jesus, in your talk with Jesus, praise God, in your experience with Jesus, in your encounter with Jesus, what you have personally experienced in your life, you share that with people. Let me ask you, this last year, you know, 2019 is over. How many people did you share your faith with? You might have been a judge, you might have been a jury and attorney, but have we been a witness that God wanted us to be? If we have to fulfill the vision that God has given for this church, my house shall be called the house of prayer for all nations. It has to be a, a cooperative momentum. In other words, every one of us, 
every one of us have to become a witness. The other day, somebody asked me, Oh, pastor, how come nobody is coming to the church? I said, how many people did you share Jesus with? He scratched his head and he said, well, you know, you know, you, you, you know me. I said, yeah, I know you. Oh, you know me. I, 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 I'm not articulate. He said, yeah, 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 I know that. But Jesus is not asking everyone else to, to go out and preach, but he's saying, be a witness. Be a witness with the people around you. So when every one of us fulfill that role as being a witness, what happens? Lives are touched because you and I are uniquely positioned. Praise God. I've said this so many times in the church. Where you are, I probably will never come. The people that you meet, I might never ever meet them. So every one of us are uniquely positioned to be a, not a judge, not a jury, not an attorney for Jesus, but to be a witness for Jesus. Praise the Lord. Amen. Tell your neighbor, amen. Amen. Now I want you to draw your attention to the paradox here, all right? This is very important. And this morning as I was meditating on this, the Lord showed me this, the paradox in, in here. Okay, look at the paradox in here. And you see in Christianity, there is a paradox that we will be hard to comprehend and sometimes very hard to accept. Look at the role that the Lord is giving Paul. God is telling him, the Lord is telling him, listen, you know, I'm going to make thee a minister and a witness both of these things which thou hast seen and of those things in which I will appear unto thee. Next line. Delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive Forgiveness of sins and inheritance by faith. What's the paradox there? You see any paradox there? Huh. That's the paradox of Christianity. I'm going to deliver you from the hands of the Jews and the Gentiles. I'm going to deliver you so that you, in turn, will go and Deliver them. Wow. What's that? I'm going to deliver you from the hands of people that want to harm you. So that you will go back to them and deliver them. This is Christianity. In other words, the fellow who wants to do harm to you, Jesus wants you to reach out to him. Praise God. Paul, I'm going to literally deliver you from their hands. But the deliverance from their hands does not mean that you fill your heart with resentment towards them. Become so bitter towards them that I'm going to send you right back to them so that you, through the ministry of God's word, you as an underrower, you as a witness will deliver them from eternal damnation.
the greatest victories in the Christian realms are found when people come to grips with this truth. This is the reason Paul could stand before King Agrippa bound and at the same time he releases the word that can set King Agrippa free from the clutches of sin, from the clutches of darkness, from the clutches of Satan and transport him from hell bound to heaven bound. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. The fellow that wants to do you harm. Praise God. The fellow that wants to scandalize you. Praise God. The fellow that wants to write bad things about you. Praise God. God wants you to do what to him? Tell me, church. Pray for him. Jesus said what, what, what to do? Huh? Vengeance is mine. So what do you do? You pray for them. You love them. Praise God. Hallelujah. You give the matter into the hands of the Lord. Praise God. That's what God has called us out to be. Praise God. Turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor, that's a tough cookie. I don't think I can do it. Tell your neighbor. That means all of you can do it because you don't want to see I don't think I can do it. Maybe you are doing it. See Paul saying, I beseech you by the mercies of God, be reconciled to God. Wow. We've been given the ministry of reconciliation. Praise God. Reconciling people to Praise God. Hallelujah. Enmity with God, enmity with us, but bring forth the message of reconciliation. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yes, yes, delivered from their hands so that he could bring the message that can deliver them from, from eternal damnation. Praise God. Hallelujah. See, when we do the roles that are assigned to us. I'm going to conclude here. Yeah? I'm not finished. We'll probably pick it, pick it up next week. What is the role? God wants us to be under oarsmen or under rowers. All right? Unnoticed, unseen, unapplauded. He wants us to be a witness. Do you know what happens when you do that? Quite often, people are not excited. They, are, they do not experience the kind of joy that the Bible talks about. They don't experience the kind of life in abundance that the Bible talks about. Life is dull. Life is routine. Life is mundane. No excitement at all. But when you fit yourself in the role that God wants you to be, things will change around for you. When you give yourself to the Lord, when you give your time to the Lord, when you give your resources to the Lord, when you give your ability to the Lord unconditionally, 
Praise God. Jesus is not a tough taskmaster, but what would he do? This is what Jesus said. Hallelujah. With what measure you give out, it shall be measured out to you. The time that you give for this kingdom's sake is never a waste. Praise God. It will be returned back in folds that you could never, ever imagine. To what measure you measure out, it will be measured out to you. Praise God. God wants to do incredible things in our lives. It is initiated in us, activated in us, enabled in us when we yield to him and say, Lord, my time is your time. My energy is your energy. My resources is your resources. My ability is your ability. When you do that, God is able to take what you have and multiply it beyond your imagination. Praise God. All eyes closed. I'm going to conclude here. God willing, we'll continue next week. Every eye is closed. Praise God. How many of us are willing to be an under-rower? Praise God. We always use the term minister as the guy or the gal who comes and stands in front, standing in the pulpit. That's good. That's what a minister is. But there is also the term under rower. Praise God. In other words, someone who is actively involved to usher the purpose of God through their, what God has invested within them. Are you that person this morning? Let me ask you, can God count you on to be an under-rower for him? Can God count you on to be a witness for him? Not a judge, not a jury, not an attorney, but a witness for him. Can God trust you to take that message of Christ as is with its so-called paradox, praise God, delivered from the hands of people who want to do you harm, but bringing forth deliverance into their lives by the grace of God that is invested in you. Would you yield your life to him this morning? Praise God. When all eyes are closed, we're going to sing a song. Praise God. All eyes closed. Praise God. If there is anybody in the house that will say, Lord, this year, I want to be the under-rower person, under-rower, the under-horseman. Lord, I'm willing to do what you want me to do. Praise God. Here am I. If you are that person, I want you to stand up wherever you are and we will pray with you. Praise God. You are saying, Lord, when I say yes to you, there is no conditions attached to it. I am available for you, for your cause. Praise God. Wherever you would plug me, wherever you would post me, without hesitation, 
without reservation, without conditions, without stipulations. I would say I am available. I want to spend my energy. I want to spend my life. I want to spend what you have invested within me to usher the kingdom of God with all of its glory and purpose into the lives of men and women. Are you that person? If you are a person, if you are that person, on your feet, and we're going to pray for you. Praise God. Yes.